You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Time is 8.33 on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning in Chicago. Father Greg Zakowitz with Mark Teresi. Mark, the weather's just gorgeous. It is. It, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, yeah. Hey, I heard a great Michael like this one. Michael, you got to hear this one. Great one-liner guy says, uh, I told my luggage yesterday <laughs> that we will not be going on vacation this year. I'm now dealing with emotional baggage. <laughs> Too bad you don't have a laugh track oh, in there. We're sorry, and, uh, Joyce. Sorry. And yeah, we have sorry. a great second half program lined up. <laughs> the only thing is the introduction didn't have the music that we normally have for Joyce. She talks about what's going on with the uh, Chicago Catholic. But with us by phone the last half hour, Joyce DeRiga, editor of the Chicago Catholic. Our radio program is called Catholic Chicago but she's the editor of the Chicago Catholic, joins us to talk about the stories she's been covering during COVID-19, and Joyce will also discuss her recently published book, Augustus Tolton, The Church is the True Liberator, and Joyce recently also wrote an article speculating on what Father Augustus Tolton, if he were alive today, would be thinking about the continuing fight for racial justice. So, Joyce, welcome to the program, and by the way, how are you feeling these days, Joyce? I'm great. Thank you, Father. I'm... Officially in remission for for breast cancer, and I on um, Monday I finished my formal um, treatment. I had my last immunotherapy treatment. So. Wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. wonderful! A lot of a lot of prayers have been coming your way. Amen. But, uh, Thank you. But you know, really, you've been working full blast and long, long hours. But I know you've been doing a lot of coverage with the newspaper, with the Chicago Catholic, regarding stories for COVID nineteen. So, what have you literally uncovered regarding COVID nineteen? You know, uncovered, I would say um, what we all probably already knew is the immense generosity, you know, on the part of Catholics in Chicago. I mean, from day one, like, you know, we shut down and people started going out. They started going out, helping their neighbors, um, worried about people who didn't have enough food, so organizing lots of food drives, people volunteering at their... um, Early on, I did a story about people who were doing that, and one woman was um, doing the mass tapings at her church, you know, and, and mm-hmm. she's a professional still photographer, but then she kind of adapted to doing the video. She has um, an autoimmune disease that's incurable, but she's like, I never once thought of, you know, getting exposed, that this is just important for people who, you know, are daily goers and can't go. This is so, you know... Just people have been tremendously generous and self-sacrificing. I guess we always knew that, but to see it in action has just been so amazing. Especially during these times. And uh, In fact, when you listen to doctors talking, like Dr. Fauci and others, 
the human race has never seen a virus like this Mm -mm. because it hits people differently. Some can be asymptomatic and feel nothing. Others put on a ventilator and they die and everything in between. And so it's just a virus that uh, is not going to go away. But you're right, the goodness of people to come through at a time like this. And uh, I think, Joyce, we all know that the number of people who are still afraid to go out and be part of groups, yeah. including, including coming to Mass, which I totally right. understand. I, and I always tell people, if you are older, stay home. You, we have the television. You have the website to watch the, the, the Mass on. And God understands. God understands. Yeah. Now, some of the, some of the... Go ahead, Joyce. No, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say, some of the content for the Chicago Catholic is is spiritual and spiritually enlightening. Some of the contact is informational, and there's not a lot going on in terms of activities. How, how do you how do you project, you know, doing your storyboards and stuff for future issues? You know, we're always keeping an ear out and checking to see what's um, what's going on. And you know, a lot of that you're right. I mean, a lot of things for a while. Some of the stories were that everything was going switching to virtual. You know. Um, Renew My Church hasn't missed a beat since this. They switched to Teams and Zoom meetings. And, in fact, we have a story in this issue about they're accelerating the the process now because the pandemic has um, shined a a brighter light on the financial um, implications at churches Mm -hmm. and and made it harder for them. But um, for a while, that was was some of it. Um, But some of it's just, you know... um, Things are still happening. You know, bishops are still getting appointed new places. Um, the um, in fact, uh, B- uh, Bishop Lou Tilk will be named. Uh, he'll be elevated or uh, installed ordained, yeah. today for the uh, for Peoria and um, Bishop McGovern yesterday for Belleville, and September 29th, Bishop Hicks for uh, Joliet. Yeah, three great but Mark, men. To, to your point, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right, Father. Um, to your point, Mark. Um, but some of this is just people are still doing stuff. Like you, Father, you mentioned about people afraid to go to mass. Well, we have parishes who are doing drive-in masses, and mm-hmm. we went out just like the radio and TV um, guys did too. We went out to St. Joseph's, Joe's in Libertyville. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they built um, a big platform so that it's like two levels high, so that people, all the cars can get a, a line of sight for the. Um, for Mass, Queen of um, All Saints Basilica is doing one. Uh, we heard of all, um, Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Glenview is starting one. Um, and they have huge really, parking lots. They have huge parking They do, parking which is the blessing. I always tell people, yeah. you know, honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm just beyond now, funny. On another note, uh, so there, there, we just saw an article, St. Patrick's Cathedral, in New York is having extreme difficulties because they depend on visitors and the office pe- folks there. Yeah. They don't have, particularly have a parish. And in that same article, they said, I forget the priest's name, uh, did a survey of 177 dioceses, and their collections are down between 50 and 85 percent on average. Um, yeah. Are you seeing any creative or hearing any creative ideas in terms of parishes and how they're looking at increasing their uh, revenue streams during this difficult time? We haven't really on the creative side 
mostly I think that's because the archdiocese has been very um, dedicated in from the outset helping the parishes really get if they weren't doing the online giving to doing a push for it. Um, you know, I have seen more parishes doing e-newsletters um, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. We are. To, yeah, to really encourage people to remember to continue to donate while while we're um, closed or if you don't want to come to Mass and all that kind of stuff. But Father um, Greg is available to you for a huge feature article <laughs> in whatever issue whatever issue you want, a pictorial, baby pictures, <laughs> sure. ordination pictures. We have the whole shop. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just Joyce, an idea. Just I, an I didn't idea. Say that, Joyce. Just an idea. Mark, Mark's a trouble. Mark's an instigator. <laughs> but, but here's my yeah. cell number. Here's my cell number, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, just in case. But we know that you're. We know that you're there. Yeah. Now, what about and, challenges, Joyce? What are your challenges at the Chicago Catholic coming up in these months? Well, we're hoping people will still keep up their subscriptions and keep. You know, a lot of. Um, we go to a lot of parishes in bulk, and they weren't getting oh. into the hands of the people mm-hmm. while they were closed. Mm-hmm. You know, so really trying to communicate to parish staff that um, can you please make us available? Or some, you know, some parishes and other dioceses um, would put like a box outside the church door with the sure. oh, their, that's a great their idea. Yeah, we heard of that, which was um, and staying healthy. You know, uh, yes. the first couple of weeks I kind of stayed inside, although I'm not immunocompromised anymore. But our photographer, Karen Calloway, has been going out since the beginning. And mm-hmm. I started about two months ago going back out. But, you know, we're, we're safe. We're wearing masks. We're not going into people's homes if we have to interview um, people in person. Like, usually we're going to events that, that we can get people that are outside. But we'll ask people to come outside on their porches or on the sidewalk or whatever and um, trying to stay healthy. Our one yeah, Karen, Karen has been Karen's been everywhere with taking photography. Uh, Mark's going to take us to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about your latest book. Okay, Joyce. Okay. WNDZ seven fifty AM. You're listening Catholic Chicago three one two two five five eight four zero eight. We'll be back after break with Joyce Dariga to talk about her book about Augustus Tolton. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. 
That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass is a wonderful tradition that gathers more than 300 seniors from Chicago and its suburbs each year for a celebration of faith and friendship. Since public health guidelines do not allow us to meet in person this summer, the 2020 Senior Unity Mass will be held online on Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Anyone age 55 plus is cordially invited. Find your nearest computer and log in to youtube.com, then type Catholic Chicago. We and our special guests are excited to stay connected to all of the seniors we care so very much about with this special event. That's the Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass on August 6th at 11 a.m. on youtube.com slash catholicchicago. We hope to see you there. Since 2006, the Charities Golf Classic has been held each summer to raise critical funds for Catholic Charities of Lake County. While this event cannot be held this year in person, your help is needed now more than ever. An online event is being held for all those who regularly attend this outing and want to continue their tradition of support. Your donation to Catholic Charities will ensure that all programs are running at full strength when people need help most. 92 cents of every dollar donated goes directly to helping people in need. Be a champion and support the Charities Golf Classic this year. Go to catholiccharities.net and search for Charities Golf Classic or call 847-782-4119. That's 847-782-4119. Thank you. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. We're back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., 312-255-8408. Joyce Dariga, editor of Chicago Catholic. We're going to be talking a little bit in this segment about your book, Augustus Tolton. You know, Michael May really runs a tight ship. He really uh, tries to keep us in line over there. It's, Not easy, Michael, but you're doing a great job. Is it working? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his head. So your book, first of all, too, a dear friend, mutual friend of ours, I hope he's listening, because he said, I told him, yesterday I was picking up some cinnamon rolls that he ordered. Uh, um, you know who I'm talking about. So, yes, Fa so Father Dom Grassi said, oh, make sure you tell Joyce uh, hello from, uh, she's one of my favorite people. So there's How is Dom out. doing? 
He's doing well. You know, that's a whole probably feature story about retired priests during the COVID yeah. and how they're keeping spiritually connected. He went back for a baptism to St. Gertrude's. He was energized. He was exhausted, but he was energized. And I thought, that's a whole population. Father Grassi is an outstanding priest from day one. So many of our retired priests are still so active. And yeah. they and the one thing I hear— We from, rely on them. And one thing I hear from retired guys is, I've rediscovered my priesthood. Right, because they're no longer worried about the, Administrative. the bills, the leaking roof. The, they can just be priests. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so— um, Tell us about your new book here entitled Augustus Tolton— the church is the true liberator. Yeah, there's a line. It says, he's an example for what it means to be Catholic. Could you expound right. on that a bit? From your article. Sure. Um, so I, I did this article about, um, it's called, the, the headline was, what would uh, Tolton think of today's crisis of racial injustice? Because mm-hmm. was, when everything exploded after George Floyd's killing, I had it just had been on my heart for a couple of weeks. So I reached out to Bishop Perry, who's the postulator of the cause, as you know, and um, uh, and he gave me access to um, all the the documents from the canonization cause, the updated research and stuff to write this book on. It's a short book. It's um, biographical on Father Tolton, who was the first black priest ordained for the United States, as you all know. But um, now, Joyce, how can really people get a copy of the book? Who published it? Lit- litpress.org, um, liturgical press in Minnesota, um, and type in Tolton, uh, it'll come up. Or it's on Amazon, too. So liturgicalpress.org? It's it's actually, it's abbreviated. It's lit, L-I-T, press, P-R-E-S-S, mm-hmm. dot org. Good. Or, uh, yeah, or on Amazon. Out of, are, are, they out, are they out of Minnesota? They Liturg- are, yeah. yeah. liturgical press, and it, uh, and I think, or you can go to Amazon. So it, uh, can you tell us more about the book, Joyce? So it's, you know, it's really, um, it just traces it through his life, you know, when he, uh, escaping slavery with his mom and when he was nine and then um, growing up in Quincy, Illinois, and, you know, kind of the racism he faced. And then there was a white Irish priest who um, really saw a vocation in Father Tolton, and they, and up, you know, enlisted a lot of the other priests in the community, and there's some Franciscans. The same Franciscans who run St. Peter's in the Loop are oh, down wow. in Quincy, yeah, and run a college down there, and so they really started tutoring him in the in the um, areas where they knew he would need for seminary, and they wrote to every seminary in the United States, and I think there was like 25 at the time, and they all said no. You know, wow. They would not accept him. A, they would yeah. not accept him because he was so black. So the Franciscans worked their magic and got the provincial in Rome. Um, he has a bigger title, but to reach out to Urbana College, which still exists today. They were training missionaries, and they accepted him. And, you know, he went there thinking he was going to be going to Africa to minister. And um, on the eve of his ordination, the that's a whole interesting story. The cardinal, who was head of the Propagation for the Faith and the college, the college was run out of the same congregation, said, no, you're going back to the United States. And he did it deliberately because they had been watching the United States um, we were mission territory at that point, and the Rome kept saying, "You got to do something to minister to the, to the black community, these, the freed black community, in the um, around right at the end of the Civil War." And they weren't doing anything. Hmm. And to kind of force the issue, they sent they ordained him and sent him back. And now he was 
He was born in what year, Joyce? Uh, he, he died in 1897. He, he died born, young. Oh, yeah, he was 40, 43. So yeah. 1897, uh, 1854, roughly. Yeah. But he, um, so Perry always calls him a sacrificial lamb because, you know, he, he was um, the first one to come and say, but he, and he's the one who made that comment about, He's the um, the essence of what it is to be Catholic because he didn't see race. He just saw you were Catholic, you know. Um, and people that's what kind of got him run out of Quincy because he had a parish that had blacks and whites coming. He had black and white altar servers. He had um, black and white choir. You know, like he. Um, but that was just kind of too progressive for the time. And there's a lot of obviously a lot of racism, and they they ran him out of town and. Bishops all over the country were asking him to come and minister, and that's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to be a priest. He didn't want to be the first black priest in the United States who was famous by by that. He just wanted to be with his people. People were asking him to speak all over the country, and he went, but in large part to generate some financial support for his parishioners because he wasn't, you know, they there wasn't a lot of support from the diocese and stuff. But now he um, ended up in Chicago, uh, where. He was down in um, Bronzeville at, when he first came. Old St. Mary's, which is still there in the mm-hmm. South Loop, um, on Michigan had, Avenue. There, yeah, they had started the first black parish in the basement. It was called the St. Augustine Society. And when he came here, Archbishop Fian um, said, "You're in charge of all of the black Catholics in Chicago." And so he started a church called St. Monica's that was down, kind of down near Sox Park, um, uh, a guaranteed rate field. Um, and they had gotten the first level of the church built before he died, <clears throat> but he was really trying to build up St. Monica's, and, and um, so that's about where he was. Now, he, he died at the age of 43 of what? Well, it's unclear because we don't have his death certificate. There's a, There was a fire at one point in the morgue, so his death certificate isn't there, but it's... Um, Widely, it was during a heat wave, but it was mostly they were th- we were think because of exhaustion and mm-hmm. he hadn't been well. Um, but you figure he he was always burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. He was always out amongst his people. His people were poor; they didn't have access to health care. They were sick. He was ministering to um, not just Catholics but all of the community down in Bronzeville. And um, so we had, like when I was doing some research, I pulled up some stories in the Chicago Catholic from back then where he had to take some breaks at certain points because his health was so bad. Um, not for long, but... Now, didn't he know. die in July of 1897? Yep. During, the, during heat that wave. heat wave. Now, where are, yeah. we, where are we as a church in regards to his journey toward canonization? We're getting close. We're, he was named Venerable um, uh, a year ago, in June 2019, Pope Francis elevated it to Venerable. And so next would be Blessed and then um, Canonization. So there's been miracles that have been sent to Rome um, that are being investigated. Bishop Perry is pretty confident that, um, at least in our lifetime, he'll probably be named Blessed. Wouldn't where's, that be exciting? Where, yeah, where is he buried? He's buried in Quincy. He oh, wanted yeah. to be buried there, yeah. And actually a white priest donated his grave. It's a real tiny cemetery across from this big mall in between, like, I think if there's a Wendy's and a 
Kentucky Fried Chicken there now, but mm. on either side. But. Well, let me ask you this, Joyce. <laughs> you know, in all the work that you do, and you've written so many articles and written books, and you know, being the editor of the uh, Chicago Catholic, what made you get kind of energized and focused to talk about the life of Augustus Tolton? You could have gone in so many directions. Well, you know, we we have a front row seat for everything Tolton, right? Since oh, yeah. The cause open, and I and I had read. There's another book about Father Tolton. Well, just a couple now, but that a, a sister wrote back in the 70s, and I had, when I was working at Our Sunday Visitor before I came to the Chicago, I had read that book and just got attracted to it, and then whenever to his life and his story for some reason. And then when Cardinal George opened his cause, um, Karen Calloway and I are just, have just been all over it. So, um, and there's just something about how he could have become bitter, you know, he could have... Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. walked away from the church, oh, yeah. you know, all of that. And he didn't, and and he really, you know, he would preach about the dignity of women and how women were just as valuable as men. And this is over 100 years ago, right? Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, he That just, was certainly not um, accepted then. No. 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 And, yeah. So, Helen Prezim, Augustine Tolton, who's next? Maybe, <laughs> the, maybe Thea Bowman? Oh, gosh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, I, I think she she was another trailblazer. Yes, and, she was. And a great story. I'm yeah. just pitching a little idea Pitting to that, Planting that seed, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that, uh, but so much. And uh, Any closing thoughts in the last few seconds, Joyce, about the life of Augustus Tolton? I would just, you know, not just because I wrote the book, but I would encourage people to, even if you go to the Archdiocesan website, archchicago.org, there's a little stamp, a uh, little square with him, just to learn more about him. I mean, he's he was a, a pioneer. You know, he he suffered a lot and kept the faith and is a good example of, you know. And again, your how, book, Augustus Tolton, The Church is a True Liberator. They can pick it up through Amazon or a lit... Litpress.org. Litpress.org. And okay, so I want to thank in a very special way Joyce DeRiga, editor of the Chicago Catholic and the author of the her latest book, Augustus Tolton. The Church is a True Liberator. Joyce, thank you very much. Keep up your tremendous work. Uh, you are a gift to the Archdiocese of sure Chicago. Are. You so sure are. Especially for your health, too, Joyce. So uh, God bless you. And uh, Mark Treacy, wonderful being with you as co-host. It was great. Great work of our producer, Jim Dish, and, and excellent work of our engineer, plus coffee, Michael May. <laughs> to all, God bless all of you. Stay healthy one day at a time. God is with us. Go White Sox. Go Cubs. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.